0: This podcast on 97.3, The Fan is brought to you by Hamul Casino, San Diego's closest casino. Real close, real friendly, real fun.
1: 7 a.m., hour number two of Bennett Woods. This segment brought to you by the Golf Mart. Going to play some Take on Woods in a minute. You can call now if you'd like, 833-288-0973. Before that, though, a little baseball talk from the weekend. It was a, a fairly quiet weekend in baseball. However, we could see some activity over the next... Twenty-four hours or so, Woods. Um, Tomorrow, might might you say a flurry of activity? Possibly. Uh, So tomorrow is the roster protection deadline. What does that mean? Uh, Well, you know, during the season, you accumulate guys on the sixty-day injured list, things like that. Uh, They all have to come back onto the forty-man roster, and you can only have up to forty guys that you that you can protect on your roster after tomorrow. So some guys will get, um, you know, they'll get their release. Padres already did some of that. Austin Adams was one who was uh, a not tendered a contract, as it were, for 2023. Yeah, um, I, I think the Padres only have about 33, 34 players, so they'll add some Good. minor league guys that they'll want to protect from the Rule 5 draft probably coming up in the next day or so. But other teams may be a little closer to that 40-man crunch, which does lead to some trade activity as well. And you usually see teams, you know, as opposed to – just like releasing a player, hey, maybe we can get some younger prospects for yeah. them. So you do see some trades over the next uh, 24 hours or so.
0: Yeah, the uh, the deal that I mentioned uh, earlier in the show looks like former Minnesota Twins minor league pitcher Bobby Malacchi agreed to terms with the San Diego Padres on a two-year minor league deal. Twins did not offer to bring him back. He pitched well for high A Cedar Rapids this year. That is about as minor of
1: a move as you could get, but uh, Bobby Melacki, welcome to the San Diego Padres. But I did see, like for instance, uh, John Morosi reporting that the Tampa Bay Rays were in like deep negotiations, like final stages on possibly multiple trades involving major league players that could go down uh, sometime today uh, as they get toward that deadline. It's uh, is this? It's a it's an organization that AJ Preller has obviously dealt with before. And I wondered if perhaps the Padres were in on any of those guys or interested. And, and there were no names kind of specifically attached to these rumors. So couldn't tell you who they're 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 going to be dealing. But it sounds oh, like they're going to be making more trades well, here soon.
0: Well, let's see. Tampa Tampa Bay Rays payroll This is always a good way to look. Corey Kluber makes $13 million. He's as good as gone. Isn't he a free agent? I think he's a free agent. He's a free agent. Manuel Margot makes five point six. He's out. Glass now five point one. Brooks Rayleigh makes four point two five. The I mean, look, that's what they do. and I I was lamenting about being uh, if you're a Rays fan this morning, and Ben goes, "Ah, eh, they do this every year." I mean, again, the rumors going around when when you see the the tweet come out saying, "Look, they're going to be looking to move pieces." I said, "God, it just would be so tough to be." Uh, Tampa Bay Rays fan and you go, nah, they do this every year and they'll figure out a way to be good next year. They will. Doesn't make it right. Doesn't make it exciting. I mean, their payroll it's staggering. I mean, I'm looking at this going... Staggeringly low. Uh, staggeringly low. I mean, Manny Margot really is their in, for 2023 under contract, Benny's their highest paid player at $7 million. Manny Margot. Whew. Tyler Glass now. Yeah, five three five. It's it's pretty nuts.
1: Who so did they sign? Didn't they sign someone to a big Wander uh, Franco? Yeah, Wanda Franco uh, they to a long extended term. He's still him, getting in the but he's the cheap part. They'll trade him before it gets expensive. Yeah,
0: his adjusted his adjusted is uh, salary is about two point four million dollars, and he was he's a really good player. He got hurt a couple times last year, kind of knocked him out. But um, yeah, I mean, look, there there are some names like Randy Arena. If Jerickson Profar is going to be uh, out the door and another team wants to sign him, could you imagine upgrading left field? And I I think it would be an upgrade from Jerickson Profar to Randy Rosarana.
1: Don't you? Um, I I do think that would be an upgrade. Now, I think it would probably cost the Padres, as it always does with the Rays. Top prospects, Jackson Merrill. Uh, just wrapped up a, a fairly impressive stint in the Arizona Fall League. He's rocketed up the mm-hmm. up the charts, so to speak. I mean, he's got a hit single, and it is
0: rocketing up the uh, rocketing up the
1: charts. And uh, you know, it's that that dilemma again. You've already traded a ton of your top prospects, and, and certainly, you have to consider if you can upgrade the major league roster, dealing another one right now. And you know, keep trying to reload in the draft. But Padres are, you know, I think they have the twenty seventh pick coming up in, in the draft it, it's not as though they're going to be getting high selections anymore you know AJ did a nice job when he had a lot of picks he had you know compensatory picks he had you know the seventh pick the tenth pick of loading up the minor leagues through the draft it gets harder and harder when you get to the nationally championship series and you pick 27th in the draft not as easy to reload the prospects so when you trade them away uh it tends to to clear out the farm system a little bit further and I'm not trying to prospect hug I mean we've We've gotten over that stage. They've traded just about everybody else from Robert Hassel to, to James Wood to, to everybody else that we talked about coming up in the Padres organization, C.J. Abrams, of course. Uh, I think certainly Jackson Merrill is not untouchable. <laughs> is he? Is Randy Arosarena though, the guy, is that, the guy? Yeah. that you want for him? because yeah, could you he, get better. You, you'd think it would, it would take someone like that to peel a Randy Arosarena away from the Rays. Yeah, I would imagine. I would imagine
0: so. But, again, this window uh, that we're currently in right now, uh, it's pretty exciting. It's an exciting time to be a Padre fan. I I'd, I would hate to see the team take a step back. Now, look, you've set the bar really, really high, right? You you made it, you know, you made it a few wins away from a, a World Series and a, and a pennant and all that. But that's you have to take the next step. You got to go win a pennant. And and who helps you get there? Is it Jackson Merrill next year? It's probably not.
1: No. Not next year. Not next. I year. mean, unless it says a deadline trade move right. to to pick up someone else. Yeah, and maybe
0: that's the play. Is like we're gonna uh, yeah. Is is Randy or a guy you want to mortgage your future for? I don't know. But if you could get an upgrade like that, that'd be a pretty good one without yeah. having to trade a Jackson Merrill.
1: And of course, you know, free agency continues. Sure. We haven't had any of the, the well, giant names sign at this point. In typical baseball fashion, right? Bit of a bit
0: of a Roman candle, and then it just. Blah. Just stops. You ever shoot a dud Roman candle where, like, one comes out and the rest don't, and you have a dud firework? That's Major League Baseball in a nutshell. We were talking to somebody last week. Um, oh, it was Chris Rose, and he was like, man, like, look at the NBA. He's like, hell, even look at the NFL this year. Trade deadline has been great, like, super exciting. It's always so exciting, and then baseball is just this long, arduous wait Who's going to be the first big chip to fall? Like, in the NBA, we all know Aaron Judge and Jacob DeGrom would be on new teams by now. Yeah? If this were the NBA. Correct, yeah. yeah. Judge and DeGrom are locked down. In in hours. Hours. In minutes. In minutes. So... Uh, so that is, you know, that's what we're going to have to wait on. Did you see the deal, though, Benjamin? I wanted to bring this up to the... Before you
1: do that, last chance to call in for Take on Woods, 833 288 I'll save the deal. zero ninety 3 No, we got, a, we got a minute here. I want to give people a chance to call in. But... Okay, so did you see the deal the Astros gave out? The one to Rafael Montero. Rafael
0: Montero. Did you see that deal? Three years, $34.5 million. So that's an annual AAV of about, what, eleven five, somewhere around there? Yep. Okay. What was Suarez's AAV?
1: His is uh, about, about nine, nine, okay.
0: nine five, somewhere so around there. This, yeah. When this came out to me, in my mind, I thought Diaz helped Suarez, helped Montero. Montero is actually a year older than Robert Suarez. Now, again, it's a three-year deal, but Robert Suarez's is also kind of a three-year deal. He's got an opt-in or opt-out after three. But I thought to myself, I think this makes the Padres deal look good. I think it
1: makes it look better. Better. I mean, uh, I never... Montero's younger than. No, than he's Suarez. older. He's older. Yeah, he's 32. 32, okay. Yeah. Well, then, I, I saw that Bradford Doolittle from ESPN, who we've had on, kind of ripped the Suarez trade over the weekend, gave it a C-grade. He said if everything works out perfectly, if Suarez can pitches like he did in the playoffs, if then he takes over the closer's role for Hayter, he stays healthy. And has you know a good four or five seasons with the Padres, then this is a really good deal, isn't if that? I, if that, any of those things doesn't happen, though, it's a pretty bad deal. He it, thinks it's nine
0: million dollars. It's not twenty nine million dollars. It's nine million dollars, which is a pittance. I, I
1: just, I guess, he pointed out that the at least the projection going into the off season for Suarez, and this is these are media projections, not in the industry, was two years seventeen million, which makes five years forty six feel like a giant overpay. But, to- but maybe the perception wasn't the reality. Maybe well, Suarez yeah. was going to get that somewhere else if the Padres didn't offer it up.
0: Well, and again, Mike Petriello sealed it for me when he said last week uh, via Twitter, after Diaz and Suarez, everybody is middle age. Like, they're 34-, 35-year-old. That that was the reliever market. Now, Montero was already under contract. They extended him. Uh, but again, he's going to have a higher higher AAV. Uh, with the Astros, he's really good. I mean, he's really, really good. He was electric, and he pitched his way into a massive raise. But I looked at that and went, "Okay, yeah, I feel fine about this." I wonder if Bradford will
1: have the same energy for the the Astros deal. All right, we'll keep an eye on uh, any baseball moves, of course, for you, and have updates throughout the week. Right now, though, looks like we got a contestant on the line. Let's play a little Take on Woods. It's time for Take on Woods.
0: Woods. Woods. Brought to you by Hamul Casino, San Diego's closest casino.
1: All right, uh, let's go with uh, Robert. Uh, Robert, welcome back to Take on Woods. How are you? I'm well. How are you? Good. You got a chance to qualify for that trip to Vegas uh, if you can beat or tie Woods. Uh, you can go into our grand prize drawing for a two night stay at the Westgate, home of the Superbook, world's largest. Race and sports book, spa treatment for two at Serenity Spa, and a private VIP pot at that Westgate Superbook. Uh, You'll get to pick our category as Woods has left the studio, so let me give you your options for our musical trivia contest. We've got Three's Company, the number three key there. That's What I Want, songs that uh, start with the phrase, I want. And Family Guy, our new category, five song titles and musical artists that contain the word, Family. So, Robert, of those three, three's company. That's what I want. Or Family Guy. What are you going to play today? Well,
0: I love the Regal Beagle, so I'm going with Three's Company.
1: Three's Company. All right. Again, the number three going to be key here. Uh, song titles, artists, whatever. Just keep that in mind as we uh, as we go through our sixty seconds and our five questions. If you don't know an answer. Just pass. We'll come back if there's time left and you can think of it. We'll start with our two-second song. Paulie will play a short clip of a well-known song. You need to give me the title and the artist to score the point, and we'll go on from there. All right, Robert, you ready to play? Ready to All go. Right, the 60 seconds are on the clock. Your time begins when Paul plays our music. Threes company, the category. Good luck, Robert. Let's take on Woods. Mm-hmm. Trip tonight, Three Doors Down. Correct. Which band topped the charts in 1970 with a cover version of the song Mama Told Me Not to Come, written four years earlier by Randy Newman? Uh, three Dog Nights. Correct. Bob Marley sings Every Little Thing's Gonna Be Alright in which reggae classic? Three Little Birds. Correct. Name the band that peaked in the late 90s with hits including Semi-Charmed Life. Oh. Yeah. Lionel Richie sings Once... Twice what in the title of a 1978 classic by the Commodores? Three times, a lady. Correct. Name the band that peaked in the late 90s with hits including Semi-Charmed Life. Uh, uh, Bird i Find? Yes! A little bit of a twist there, but he comes up with it. And a 5-for-5 score. So congratulations, Robert. Well played. We'll put you into the hopper for the grand prize drawing. Stay on the line, Paul. You'll get your uh, information. But uh, now we just see if it's going to be good enough for an outright win. As Woodsy comes back for the same five questions and the same 60 seconds. Since he's the the reigning champion here, he doesn't get the category. Makes it a little tougher. We'll see how he does. 60 seconds back on the clock. Your time begins when Paul plays the music. Good luck, Woodsy. You're going to take on... Robert. Kryptonite, Three Doors Down. Correct. Which band topped the charts in 1970 with a cover version of the song Mama Told Me Not to Come, written four years earlier by Randy Newman? Good God, Ben. Um, (laughs) Pass. Bob Marley sings Every Little Thing's Gonna Be All Right" in which reggae classic? Three Little Birds. Correct. Name the band that peaked in the late 90s with hits including Semi-Charmed Life. That's uh, Third Eye Blind. Correct. Lionel Richie sings once, twice, a what? In a title of a 1978 classic by the Commodores. Three times a lady. Correct. Which band topped the charts in 1970 with a cover version? Three Dog Night. Correct. Five for yes. five, Woods. Yes. good. guess that was a, an easier category. That's a tie. Robert also Woo. got the perfect score, but no ditty you, don't, you don't no, lose, don't the, lose the, ditty. the ditty. And it's uh, always a good day when everyone wins Yeah. on Take On Woods. Love you it. feel good. Robert feels good. He goes into the grand prize drawing. Everybody wins on the category Three's Company. One of my favorite shows of all time. It's, that's what he said, too. Yeah, one of wow, my favorite we shows on of the all same time.
0: time this morning. One of my biggest heroes was Jack Tripper.
1: Loved uh, John Ritter. Oh, rest in peace. Rest in peace.
0: One of my we missed, favorites, man. We missed out on, I think, some good stuff. If you've never seen the movie, I'll do my Craig Elston here. If you've never seen the movie Skin Deep, it's John Ritter at his absolute finest. Plays a debaucherous lech, uh, alcoholic, uh, womanizer, Brilliant. Brilliant, brilliant portrayal. 80s, L.A., he's a writer, and it is... It's on, I think it's on Amazon Prime. Check it out.
1: You will not be disappointed. Skin Deep, phenomenal movie. There you go. Done. All right. A good start to the week on uh, all counts there for Take On Woods. Uh, we'll come back with a little... Uh, there's some third-eyed blind for you. There it you. is. Love come back blind, with a little Don't way. Do This. I uh, as do do this as Justin Jefferson's performance was yesterday for the Minnesota Vikings. I've also got him in my Don't Do This crosshairs or something he did yesterday. We'll get to that coming up next. I've got an incredibly awful, sad, terrible, very American story. That's coming up next with Ben and Wood. Stay tuned. We'll be back after a check of traffic here on 97.3 The Fan. I like
2: for you. Do whatever what you want to do. Coming
0: over you. Keep on smiling what we go through. One stop to the rhythm that's about to. Fantasy to
1: you like the coast to the first. Drop another line like the go to with the curse. Don't do this. It's time for Don't Do
0: This. What were you thinking? Three stories from the world of sports that make us all shake our heads. Why? (laughs) How many times do I have to tell you? I'm sorry, I fudged up, guys. You idiot. You moron. You dumbass. The apple sometimes does far fall from the tree. Don't do this. Do not
1: tweet that. With Ben and Woods. I like a Nickelback song or two. On 97.3 The Fan. Losing a week in fantasy football means you're going to hear some smack talk from your friends. Check out the Reception Perception podcast for insights on which wide receivers to start this week to rack up a big fantasy win. Matt and James have the unique analysis to predict Who's going to be a boom and who's going to be a bust? New episodes every Tuesday and Thursday. Follow Reception Perception on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. And that perfectly leads me into the segue. first story of Don't Do This. The uh, Reception Perception of Jefferson. Justin Jefferson would have been a great choice for Reception yesterday. Uh, 10 catches, 193 yards, and a touchdown. So why is he appearing in Don't Do This? Well, it was for that one touchdown catch that happened Early in the game, uh, gave the Minnesota Vikings a 7-0 lead. Uh, he started doing his touchdown dance, the gritty is what it's called. Have you seen yeah, this? the gritty. The gritty. Yeah. And then in the middle of the gritty, he grabs at his right hamstring and starts like hopping around no, like he just no. did the celebration injury. Like that
0: time when you were watching a Padre right. game and you jumped off the couch and you pulled your what?
1: I uh, tore an A.C.A. Uh, <laughs> <it's> hamstring. <laughs> hamstring. You, know, you know, same thing. Or no, uh, calf muscle. What's the a one c- the calf? A calf. Yeah, hey, your calf. Calf muscle. It's yeah. just a calf. just calf. Yeah. The calf. Yeah, you tore, you pulled your calf. calf. Strained it, tore what it.
0: What did you, we were... Ginormous, I felt a pop. Ginormous calf.
1: Like a, it was like unroll, like an unspooling. Yes, an
0: <laughs> like yes, unspooling. Swat. And you, again, weren't running on a treadmill. No. You weren't doing
1: squats. Nothing. Uh,
2: I wasn't lunges. even doing the
1: gritty.
0: You jumped off the couch. Yeah. Like, woo! Boom! Ah! No. And then down. And then yeah, that was the sound.
1: <laughs> Pretty much. What I could great, hear it.
0: What a great drop that is. One more time. Ah!
1: Poor Ben. It hurts. And Justin it Jefferson. It definitely hurt. Well, not poor Justin Jefferson. It was like faking. He was, it was part of the celebration. Oh. And the announcers were all, oh, no. This, is cost. this could cost. Is he going to be able to go on? You saw his teammates come up to him like the offensive lineman. They were panicked, like, Dude. They were running up like, oh, "Are you okay?" To like yeah. give him, and then you see the offensive lineman look at him and then just give him this big shove. shove. Like, what are they like, doing? What? Come on, man! Don't don't he do doing that. A bit. Don't don't fake an injury and make everybody worried that has you on your fantasy team. Every Vikings fan, every Vikings teammate, the coaches, the training staff. He panicked everyone as part of his touchdown celebration dance. The gritty boy oh, mind.
0: <sighs> My story is a much different tone than that happy, fun story. God. Got to be done, though. Uh, this is terrible. I, I was just This just popped into my feed this morning. I had no idea this went down yesterday. Police in Charlottesville, Virginia, searching for a former University of Virginia football player suspected of killing three people and wounding two others on campus late last night. Christopher Darnell Jones, Jr., he was uh, listed as a freshman running back on their 2018 roster. Uh, went on a shooting spree, Ben, and killed a couple of current players and a couple of students. Um, just this horrific. Absolutely. This is just, when did this happen? Horrific last night. Wow. And he is still at large, uh, saying he's driving a black SUV with Virginia plates, armed and dangerous. Just horrid. Again. Your kids are at school. You feel like they're safe. And clearly they never are. They just never are safe. And as a parent, you know, it it messes me up every time one of these stories comes out. Um, Yeah, so another another mass shooting. Uh, I believe it's the 498th this year if the numbers I saw are accurate. So that's good. More than one a day. We are averaging as a country. So well, how am I to, supposed to follow that up? With yeah, the with this? the do do this, I understand, man. I understand. It's very, very difficult. Very difficult.
1: Maybe we don't. I don't know. It's I just. Know. I'll go back. I just terrible. Fine. All right, take a pause. Take a breath. <sighs> Sorry, six hundred right, mass shootings. Moving on to the do five ninety eight. The do do this this morning. Um, I wanted to. D D
0: Mega doo Do.
1: Congratulate the NFL on another uh, successful international matchup yesterday uh, morning our time. First ever regular season game played in Germany. They went to Munich, Allianz Arena, uh, the home of FC Bayern Munich yep. and uh, Tom Brady. Uh, and the Tampa Bay Bucks took on the Seattle Seahawks, uh, came out with the win. But uh, it seemed, from all perception, to be a massive success for the NFL. Big crowd, uh, cheering, you know, really into it. They started singing spontaneously, Sweet Caroline, and then Take Me Home Country Roads. Here, do we have the audio? Sporting events is definitely something they do in other countries more than this one. You don't see a ton of singing. You in... do the typical Sweet Caroline. I mean, I hate that song. Yeah. But that's a good bit. Yeah, so, if, you if, you have, if, you have, if you can get it going. If you can get it going. I uh, I was listening to D.A. on the way in. And he, he criticized the the game in that it was it was a really important matchup in the NFC Seahawks Bucks yeah, it was huge for both teams and he said I get it the NFL wants to expand other countries but you're putting a really important game you know and making both of these teams travel to Germany is that why it's usually
0: the Jags that they send that's over what it to feels like so this places. so
1: this year there was a uh, three London games one at the Hotspur Stadium. And then there was the Munich game, and then next week there's a Mexico City game between the 49ers and the Cardinals. It's the Monday night game next week, week from today. But here's the: I think the solution is fairly simple. Here, you got 17 games now. Every team should play eight home games, eight road games, and one neutral site game, whether it's international or wherever. And then you can't really say, okay, it's unfair that you had to send. Some of these teams internationally, where other teams get nine home games this year, because that's the way it works out. Just make it so you've got, si- you know, get sixteen international or neutral site games. Every team plays exactly one of them. Yeah, that's not bad. And that evens out the schedule at the end of the season because you get eight home games, eight road games, and one neutral well, site game. Listen, if, if if you can find, you can find ten other places to hold these games, right? If there's not. If there's you
0: know if there's one thing you can look at if you're an NFL player, you look at your schedule and you go, God man, because there are teams Ben they got to play on Sunday, then they got to play on Thursday, they got to play on Monday, then they got to play on Sunday. It never it's never going to be fair and equitable for everyone. But I'll tell you, man, flying to Germany in the middle of a season that to be a tough road. It really does. I mean, you know, they make a lot of money to, to do what they do. That being said, flying over there, um, they were talking about it. The, the broadcast looked phenomenal, and I'll tell you, I woke up. It was nice. I was in a really uh, inspired mood. I was watching the game and firing off emails, and and it was uh, it was cool to have a game on that early. I, I enjoyed it. I thought the broadcast was well done. The fans
1: looked like they were having a freaking blast uh, out there. It was cool. And, you know, and they don't all have to be in far flung locations like Germany. Have some in you know non NFL markets. Have a game at Snapdragon Stadium, like small stadiums. One in different places around the country where you have neutral site games. Did
0: you just say you have an NFL game at Snap Why not? Dragon one
1: stadium. one game? An off, just like a one-off?
2: Are you ready for the football?
1: A, like a college football stadium, you know, that wouldn't normally get it in a, in a place in the country that... Like Iowa. You could in do a game, game in Iowa. Field no. of Dreams
0: game. <laughs>
1: you could. Or just hit the football stadium. <laughs> uh...
0: Guess what? Idiot Ray has now plowed down his corn for a football field. It's Field of Dreams 2 coming to a theater near you. Well, you plowed over your corn for a baseball field. What football field? ghosts show yeah. up for that game? It's Ray Nitschke. If you build it, I will play. Fantastic. Fantastic idea. They're never, we're never going to see pro football here again, are we? Never again. It's
1: never going to happen again. You could go to... Um I mean, you could go all kind of places. You could go to the Caribbean. You could go. I mean, there's a lot of places. I'm sure you could fill up for one day, a stadium for an NFL game, and Hawaii, Hawaii. They've done it before, like the Pro Bowl. They Pro don't Bowl. do the Pro Bowl there anymore. Right. But you go for a game in Hawaii once. Okay, Alaska, yeah, be cool. Do it when
0: it's all sunny, when they, you know, that area. Oh, like right in the summer, early in the season, when, it when it's never 24 dark. hours of light. Yeah. We're actually going to play this game at 3 in the morning. On, and June, no, on June 20th. And the nobody of off season. And nobody knows. i <laughs> 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 just like, I don't know. I'm exhausted. I haven't slept in three days.
1: And that's a don't and do do this for a Monday.
0: That was Don't Do This with Ben and Woods on 97.3 The Fan.
1: Speaking of potential Don't Do This stories, a lot of eyes were on Jeff Saturday yesterday, coach of the Indianapolis Colts, making his not just NFL coaching debut. Coaching. His coaching essential debut outside of you know, like a couple of high school games that he had done when he coached the Indianapolis Colts. He'd coached games in his mind. Look, like Jay Tingler. Some strong words games from uh, a former coach, Bill Cower. You'll hear those. Uh, by the way, he did win. We'll talk about uh, Jeff Saturday and what has been a, an NFL controversy over the last few days. We'll do that coming up next with Ben Woods on San Diego's number one sports station. 97 3 The Fam. Turns out, Jeff Saturday wasn't wasting everybody's time—at least not for his first game as head coach of the Indianapolis Colts. After a week of hand wringing and consternation around the NFL, oh, I mean, dude, the guy was in—he
0: was put in the torture chamber through no fault of his own. I mean, it
1: wasn't his idea. I, okay, I won't go—I won't go that far. What? I mean, he did. He did accept the job. There's he, I mean, he didn't have to say yes. But he was to this offered job. a job that is right, one we'll, of thirty what? Two? Thirty? All right, we'll we'll talk about this because I think it's an interesting story. You're a victim blamer.
2: <laughs> First, let's get well, a quick check of
1: traffic here on ninety seven three the fam. All right, so Jeff Saturday replaces Frank Reich last week as head coach of the Indianapolis Colts, and especially in the NFL community. You see some outrage. Oh, he got killed because of his lack of experience. Well, none whatsoever. Now he was an NFL player. I mean, you know, Hall of Fame level offensive lineman, yeah. center for the Indianapolis Colts. So it's not like you plucked Joe Fan off the street and made him the head coach of the Indianapolis Colts. Okay, he understands locker rooms. He understands football and what's going on. But he didn't put in you know he didn't put in his dues. Rising up the ranks as an assistant coach. As a coach, he did not. He did not. And uh, one ex-coach in particular was pretty mad about it. This was Bill Cower on the, uh, the NFL-CBS pregame show yesterday.
2: You know, guys, I, I played in National Football League for five years. I went on to become an assistant coach right from playing the coach, and I was assistant coach for seven years. Hmm. Blessed to be able to go to Pittsburgh and be a head coach at the age of 34 for 15 years. I'm speaking on behalf of the coaching profession. I know for a fact that Jeff Sarity was offered an opportunity to become a head and assistant coach with the Indianapolis Colts multiple times in the last four years. He declined, citing that he had a TV job and wanted to spend more time with his family. Mm-hmm. I get it. That's fair. I get it. Coaching is about commitment and it's about sacrifice. It's not just a job. It's a lifestyle. Mm-hmm. That being said... Jeff Sarrity has taken a position this year as a consultant for the Indianapolis Colts. Mm -hmm. And he's talked to them weekly from his home in Atlanta. Now to find out on Monday, in that short period of time, he's now the head coach of the new Indianapolis Colts. Overseeing a staff that he chose not to to choose. Not to join. Because of a lifestyle. Jeff Sarrity talked about in his first press conference. The fact that he's going to use his second half as an opportunity to build his resume. To see whether or not he can coach in the future. Mm. I say to that, what about the assistants on the staff right now? The guys that were there in training camp. The guys that were there early in the morning and late at night. The guys that have gone through the first six weeks in that building. Guys like Gus Bradley, Scotty Montgomery, uh, John Fox. Don't they deserve the opportunity? They've had them. For an owner to hire a coach who's never been an assistant at the college level or the pro level and overseeing a very much a lot of candidates that are qualified for that job, as we see in Steve Wilks, an opportunity to build a resume, it's a disgrace to the coaching profession. Mm. And regardless how this thing plays out, what happened in Indianapolis is a travesty. Travesty. No, no,
0: no kids dying of cancer is a travesty. This is not a travesty. This is a very odd situation. That's what this is. This is a very strange, holy cow, it took all of us by surprise. We all poked fun at it. We all had a laugh. I actually said last week on the air, not going to surprise me at all if the guy rips off five wins because that's how sports is. That's just the way that it goes. The whole dues-paying thing probably hits home to me a little bit more than you cuz you paid your dues in this business if being a morning radio show host is the pinnacle of a certain broadcaster's career um and it is mine right i don't there's i don't have aspirations someday i'd like to do middays someday i'd, I'd like to do afternoons some days i'd like to call padre games no this is it i'm at the top of my mountain this is as far as i want to go uh here in san diego i have no aspirations beyond I didn't have to slog it out in Wichita, didn't have to slog it out in Plano, Texas, didn't have to slog it out in San Bernardino, uh, was handed a morning radio show gig, I've made the most of it. So I, I do take a little bit of offense to that, right? Um, because it does. I, I listen to that and I go, oh, I've heard that same bit in my
1: career. Well, you know who else should take a little bit of offense to it? And I appreciated the passion we, we heard from Bill Cower, but... It's Bill Cower He put in a lifetime of work as a coach, and guess what? He was handed the instant he retired. TV job, a top notch, top notch at the absolute highest rank television Woo! job as Woo, an analyst.
0: Man, what a, God bless! What a good point. sitting right on, on, on the, the de- debate team and right school? on the
1: desk with the, yeah. the main guys. You know, you know why he was offered that job though? Because he was Bill Cower head football well, coach, Super Bowl winner. Because because he had something to offer. Correct. To the to the base to the audience, and I think they were right that he had something to Ooh. offer. Is it possible that even without any head coaching experience, that Jeff Saturday has something to offer? Yeah, he's to said, the Indianapolis Colts he, as the head coach. What did he say? Thirteen years in the NFL.
0: He's put, I think. What did he say? Six Hall of Famers, maybe uh, under center or something like that. Five guys. Um, that are going to go to the Hall of Fame. You you know me
1: because you know my background. I absolutely believe that that putting in the work is important and rising through the ranks is something that most people have to do. They don't even have a choice in the matter. Most of us are not offered top-level positions right away. So I totally understand Bill Cowher's argument right there. And by the way that lack of experience may end up biting Jeff Saturday in the butt here in the coming weeks. Yeah, it absolutely could be. You know, he come across some situations that he wasn't prepared for, that he hadn't seen before from a a coaching perspective because he hadn't gone through it. You know, you gain that experience for a reason, you know, to see things before you're the one that has to make the big decision. You've seen 10 other coaches have to go through it and their process and how they ended up making that call on fourth down, why it was, the the procedures, who you – who you have to talk to through your headset and everything like that. All that experience does make you probably a better coach, more valuable in your job. However, I do believe that that it comes down to what does a person have to offer sure. to an organization. And and that may be more important than the work they've put in before or the experience that they have. Well, you, you were out sick. We played the Jeff Saturday
0: um, press conference, right? And Paulie and I both were like, oh, man, it's like... A little bit of Ted Lasso, and I said, man, but also it, it does feel a little bit of Dan Campbell. Dan Campbell is a guy that put in his dues and paid his dues, also played in the league. It hasn't worked out for him. And Jeff Saturday's one He This could be the only game he ever wins, but I'll tell you, man, to, to watch the diaper being filled by Bill Cower, who... Probably is a little pissed off he didn't get the phone call himself, uh, Tier 1B George. Great point. And I, I said it when we were playing the audio. John Fox had his opportunity to be a head football coach. So did one of the other guys listed in there. It's, so It's
1: also a sign that both coaching and broadcasting, when it comes down to it, are jobs that are not life and death, are not that important in the big picture. You don't want, let's say your heart surgeon. Hey, I know he has no experience whatsoever, but this guy has steely nerves. I mean, I've seen him have some really steady you, hands. He can putt like nobody's business. I know. I just he never he, gets rattled. I just think he's going to be a really good heart surgeon. We're going to make him the chief of cardiology, and he's performing your triple bypass tomorrow. And the guy's like, Me? I, didn't, I, go to I, I didn't go to medical Well, no, but that's listen, okay. I've seen you putt I, I think you have something to offer there's to our I, hospital and our organization. There's, so, there's something. We are there.
0: making you the chief of cardiology today. Papa Carp with a great point, <laughs> and this this really hits home if you think about it. Any coach in the NFL would replace any player with anyone they think can get the job done. Yes, yes, it's massive hypocrisy, and that's what it is. And. Bill Cowher, I mean, that was like a diaper filled right there. And I like Bill Cowher; I always have. I always thought he was, you know, hard ass and, you know, good good insight. Certainly, but you know, Tom Brady's another one. Benny, he's going to finish his playing career. He's going to have seven, maybe eight championships, depending on how the rest of this this season goes or how the next couple of years goes. And what is he walking into? He's walking into a ten year broadcasting contract. I'm as a broadcaster. I'm not mad. Good for you man. You're Tom Brady. You you've earned it in a certain way. Although Jeff's, I don't Jeff Saturday isn't Jeff Saturday wasn't a guy in marketing on the team where they're like, "Get down there, Fred."
1: By the way, there's been a lot of guys who have been handed that job as a top broadcaster because of their playing or coaching career, and they weren't good at not it good at good all. At it. Yeah. You know, it's not you're not guaranteed to be good at things just because you have that experience. It doesn't always cross over. Just as Jeff Saturday is not guaranteed to be a good or bad coach, Peyton Manning speaking of
0: Jeff Saturday and the podcasters.
1: I mean, Peyton Manning, one of the greatest to ever throw a foot one of the
0: worst to ever speak into a microphone, it's... yet they keep shoving microphones into his face. I know. I know. It's it it really is uh it's interesting. And for him to go out and get his uh his first win uh, it's against the Raiders. I get it. They're having a
1: Now, does Jeff Saturday get that job if he's not he wasn't just a consultant, I've heard he's Drinking buddy of Jim say, you know, he's got the owner's ear. He's that guy that's been there with the owner and all, always whispering. You know, isn't this, everybody a drinking buddy of Jim Say, perhaps, perhaps I think yeah. So, but um, you know, so it, it's problematic. So I'm not, I'm not saying Bill Cowher is entirely wrong, but I also think you can't just dismiss a person based solely on their experience or lack lack thereof. And we saw it yesterday with the Colts, at least for one day against a. A fairly bad opponent and by the way josh mcdaniel's completely in the torture chamber now josh D- mcdaniel's a massive dues payer by the way massive massive I, payer of dues i forget whose tweet it was but hey this matchup between the raiders and the colts features a coach in completely over his head against jeff saturday yeah that's exactly <laughs> right <laughs> oh i just
0: saw one damn it i've been to bookmark it but it said jeff saturday's record as a head coach 0 1 against Georgia's, Georgia High School Paladines, 1 <laughs> 0 against the Las Vegas Raiders. So his pro record,
1: uh, is, is better than his high school coaching record. Uh, so we'll see if, uh, you know, does it gonna turn around their season? I, I don't know. Is Bill Cowher going to be able to get over it if, if Jeff Saturday does go on to have success here as the Colts head coach? It'd be funny as hell if he ripped off a win in his his last however well, seven games. I mean, um, the one thing that Jeff Saturday had was the freedom to actually put in the quarterback he wanted, which was Matt Ryan, and had a had a decent game. By the way, Matt Ryan wasn't that bad with the Colts when they went when the owner essentially made them go with Sam Ellinger. He torpedoed Frank Reich's entire chances to have a successful season. Yeah, no doubt. And that was that was a reportedly a move that was forced down from ownership, impatient ownership. And now, of course, you go to a new guy. He can bring Matt Ryan back in as quarterback, wins the game, and, and you know now he's off and running. Somebody said
0: yesterday after the, uh, the Raiders lost Mark Davis, they saw him walking into the locker room. He's not a guy that strikes a lot of fear into you, mostly because of his haircut. Um, but I, I, anytime. He still has Al Davis's jeans. He now. does. And anytime, though, the owner is walking into the, the locker room, which is not something he traditionally does, uh, as I understand, it's not a good thing. Man, I, I actually, and I really I felt bad for, for Derek Carr yesterday david Derek. Derek. Derek Derek felt bad for him he was crying at the podium i felt bad he's seen by all accounts as a really really good dude just a really good guy and he's, he's had a he's had an okay career yeah he has i mean he's made a lot of money in that career he's very earnest but i can understand if you're a raider fan today while well, you're like bro we got a we got to do something because it's it's two and seven now. It's
1: bad, getting worse. By the way, seven California teams, kind of in the torture chamber. The Rams, um, boy, going from Super Bowl champs now to three and six after losing to the Cardinals yesterday in a battle of backup quarterbacks, Colt McCoy over John Wolford. What a banger uh, yesterday, and Cooper Cup uh, injuring his right ankle. Don't know how bad that is. They say not worst case scenario, but. I mean they've lost 5 of 6. It's pretty much worst case scenario right now for the Rams. Their season going down the tubes. Uh Chargers lost to the 49ers on Sunday Night Football 22 to 16. Given their ex- the extent of their injuries wasn't actually the worst loss. They're both teams now are 5 and 4. Uh but the Chargers went scoreless in the second half of that game as the 49ers rallied for the win. They were favored. Everyone on the NBC Sunday Night crew picked the 49ers. So when the Chargers were winning at halftime, it was looking like an upset in the making, but uh, what's their record to, now? We're all five and four. Five and four. Yeah, 49ers and the Chargers are both five and four. So, uh, Chargers are tied for that last playoff spot now in the AFC with like the Patriots. Um, and I think there's another five and four team. They may still make the postseason if they get if they get healthy. I don't, they're not a bad team, but they also don't look like they're a team that's going to go deep into January as a Super Bowl contender. Certainly not in the AFC. Teams like the Bengals and the Bills and the Chiefs that all all seem a good neck above the Chargers and maybe the Dolphins as well, who are now what seven and seven three, and seven and two, uh, seven and three. I think they haven't had their bye yet. They're seven and three. Two has been ever since he's come back. He's looked really good. They've won four in a row. Had three more touchdowns yesterday. A 39-17 win over the Cleveland Browns. So uh, they've looked good. Chiefs won twenty seven seventeen over the Jags. They now have the best record at seven and two. In the AFC, after that incredible Bills loss we talked about earlier against the Vikings, so they have a lot of contenders for the Super Bowl right now in the AFC. Yeah, you know, was the thing I was most excited about this weekend with the NFL is just the quality
0: of games. I thought was much better. I, I just thought there were much much better games. The Green Bay Dallas game. Sorry to some of our tier ones that are, are here in Dallas uh, losing that game to Aaron Rodgers. It was vintage. I mean, it really was kind of a vintage. Aaron Rodgers' performance, and he pretty much owns the Dallas Cowboys, too. Uh, Mike McCarthy losing in his return to Green Bay. Uh, it was There were some good quality football games yesterday.
1: Got some baseball talk coming up in our 8 o'clock hour. We'll catch up with A.J. Casavell, our first off-season visit with the MLB.com beat writer covering the Padres on our premier Chevrolet of Carlsbad fan hotline. Save money the right way with premier Chevrolet of Carlsbad. Visit them today in the Carlsbad Auto Mall Chevrolet. Buy New Roads, AJ's coming up at 835. Until then, come back. Um so what was More that content. piece of the audio that Polly was just playing for us? More content. More content. More content. Morning radio content. Morning radio content. <laughs> Mr. No Experience Necessary. Why would you not why would you need experience for this job? Bennett Woods, next on the fan.